A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. My reflection today begins with a short video. The link for the video is in the description. Brody, a teenage boy who is colorblind, is with his mother and father at his sister's soccer game. His sister hands him a box with a pair of Enchroma glasses. As he opens the box, Brody recognizes the glasses. Are you serious? he asks in disbelief. When he puts the glasses on, he is stunned. Oh my God, is this the real world? Is this what the world looks like? And then he is overwhelmed with emotion. He takes the glasses off to wipe the tears from his eyes. Like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, who left the black and white landscape of Kansas behind and opened her eyes in the emerald green world of Oz, the boy's experience of seeing color helps us to see the world in a new light. Even the simple act of looking up at the sky has a way of lifting us out of ourselves and connecting us with a deeper mystery. On the mountain, Jesus is transfigured before them. The Greek word that is used gives us the word metamorphosis in English, which means to go beyond the form. A square, which is two-dimensional, becomes a cube, a three-dimensional object. The voice from the cloud, which was first heard at Jesus' baptism, has become a human voice in the beloved Son. Listen to him. When the disciples hear the voice, they fall prostrate. They are afraid. The Hebrew word yirah often directly translates into fear, like fear of the Lord. 
but it can also mean respect, reverence, and worship. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and do not be afraid. As Helen Keller observed, Paradise is obtained by touch. Jesus' touch transforms their fear into awe. The word awe evolved from two words meaning fear or terror to encapsulate a more nuanced emotion, mingling with a sense of being overwhelmed. Dacker Keltner, a psychologist at the University of California, Berkeley, has published a new book, Awe, The New Science of Everyday Wonder and How It Can Transform Your Life. Keltner writes, Awe is the emotion we experience when we encounter vast mysteries that we don't understand. Awe is a part of everyday life, and it is accessible to everyone. Keltner's studies suggest that when we experience awe, regions of the brain that are associated with the excesses of the ego, including self-criticism, anxiety, and even depression, quiet down. As our default sense vanishes, awe shifts us from a competitive dog-eat-dog mindset to perceive that we are part of networks of more interdependent, collaborating individuals. We sense that we are part of a chapter in the history of a family, a community, a culture. In moments of awe, then, we shift from the sense that we are solely in charge of our own fate and striving against others to feeling we are part of a community, sharing essential qualities interdependent, and collaborating. Awe expands what philosopher Peter Singer calls the circle of care, the network of people we feel kindness toward. William James called the actions that give rise to the circle of care the saintly tendencies of mystical awe, to sacrifice, share, put aside self-interest, in favor of the interests of others. One of the strongest effects of awe is what Keltner describes as moral beauty, witnessing others' acts of courage, kindness, strength, and overcoming activates different regions of the brain where our emotions translate to ethical action. Awe gives you goosebumps, chills, or you shudder. It takes your breath away, but you can't summon the words to tell about it, although you wish you could. When moved by the wonders of others, the soul in our bodies is awakened, and acts of reverence often quickly follow. Awe awakens the better angels of our nature. The Jesuit Father Greg Boyle encourages us, Here is what we seek a compassion that can stand in awe at what the poor have to carry rather than stand in judgment at how they carry it. As we cultivate and find awe, we become more open to new ideas, more curious, and attentive to the strengths of other people. 
Our first reading from the book of Genesis shows us a way to do this. In Genesis 12, God says to Abram and Sarah, Lech laha, from your country, your kin, and your parents' house, to a land I will show you. If this were merely a physical journey, the Bible would have said, Go forth from your parents' house, your kin, and your country, rather than the other way around. After all, when you take a long trip, you first have to leave your parents' house, then your extended family, and then your country. Lek means walk, and laha means to yourself. Abraham and Sarah, and you and I, are called to find their or our true self, the self that knows the truth, that sees the kingdom of God within and without. And how do they find it? By letting go of all they know. By reversing the order, Torah is telling us that this is a spiritual journey of letting go of the limitations, biases, and conditioning that defines you, whether it be nationalism, ethnicity, race, gender, religion, or the conditioning of your parents. Only when others no longer define you are you ready to see the land God wants you to see. God isn't showing you a new land, but showing you the same land in a new way, a way that reveals the kingdom, the truth of justice, compassion, and love. God says to Abraham, I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. When we stand in awe in the presence of God, we begin to see the world as God sees it. Then we too will be a blessing. All the communities of the earth shall find blessing in you.